Okay, what does the border reopening mean for the city of Toronto? And is Toronto gearing up for a return to the office? Here is the president of the Toronto Board of Trade. Jan Silva joins us now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Jan, good afternoon. Appreciate your time. Hey, Jeff. Happy to have this chat with you. It's a great news day. Yeah, let's talk about that border reopening to a non-essential travel from fully vaccinated U.S. visitors starting August the 9th. What does that mean for the city in particular, our tourism industry and our hospitality industry? This is such tremendous news. It's an important first step on our road to reopening and recovery. The visitor economy is a huge customer base for the city of Toronto. Uh, 2019, before COVID hit, the city welcomed 28 million visitors. That's a lot of business for our small restaurants, retail Um, entertainment venues. So it's tremendous news that we're taking this first step. The other thing I'll mention is that of those 28 million, 60% of our visitor economy came in with major events and conferences. So hopefully we'll start to see some resumption of that as well. Yeah. Is there any concern whatsoever that uh, there's a lot of qualifiers, if you will, for U.S. visitors to get across the border? They've got to download that Arrive Can app. They need the uh, negative test proof of uh, being uh, fully vaccinated and that uh, maybe many Americans aren't willing to uh, go through all of those steps to come here? Um, well, are there concerns? No, I think we have to have protocols and the protocols that the government uh, signaled with the announcement yesterday, very consistent with what we're seeing in other markets uh, like the EU, for instance. We've been watching them carefully as they've uh, moved forward with their protocols for reopening safe travel within Europe. So we need to have some guideposts. The last thing we want to see is um, having our case counts rise and, and being forced into another general lockdown. So having the right conditions in place now that we've got vaccinations that are giving us more protection, um, I think that that's fully acceptable and it sets us up well for success. All right, let's talk a bit about phase three of the reopening, if we could. We're about four days in now. How have things been rolling out in the city as you see it? Well, I don't know. I was listening to your traffic report before I came on, and I hear it's bumper to bumper on uh, the gardener. So I think the reopening is starting to work well. I think there's just been so such uh, pent-up demand to just try to get something uh, back on track that's a sense of normalcy. So the reopening by all accounts from our members is working. It's working well and it's very appreciative. It would be great if the rain could hold off today uh, so that we could take full advantage of patios and other venues, but um, it's just nice to be open again. You bet. And uh, the city of Toronto gearing up for a return to the office that has been making headlines uh, more and more recently as uh, you know, I think not only we're we looking at September for a return, maybe to the classroom, but there's a lot of companies that have kind of circled that date on their calendars as well to get their workforces uh, back. Uh, what do we know about uh, workers returning to a uh, downtown? Uh, do you feel as if that's uh, going to happen in insubstantial numbers, Jan? Well, excellent question. Uh, The mayor and I on July 7th uh, held a major media event talking about our We're Ready Toronto campaign and the work that we've been doing since last October. We convened uh, building owners, large employers, uh, public health advisors and solution providers uh, as a table to help look at what were the mitigations so that when the time was right to reopen, we could signal to our workforces that we were safe to do so. So that work's been done. We do know from the large employers that, yeah, they're looking at 
September timeframe for some form of reopening. They're still anticipating a lot of flexibility in terms of accommodating work from home and work in office. But we know from Nana's surveys that we had done earlier this year that seven out of 10 downtown workers were signaling they wanted to get back to the office at least a few days a week. They're really missing that in-person connectivity, that in-person productivity. So a long way of saying, yes, there's, there's a plan to get us there. And yes, we do anticipate uh, starting to see our numbers return. Okay. What is being asked, sorry, of uh, companies when it comes to a, a return of the uh, workforce? What sort of discussions have you, the, the city, been having with uh, major employers to make sure that that return is a safe one? Well, you know, here's the thing. I think our employers have all been very responsible, as have our businesses. And when you think about the return of a business district like the downtown district, that 550,000 daytime workers were working there Uh, pre-COVID. So that's a lot of people. So it's not simply the office they work in. How do we think about the path? How do we think about the food court, the elevators they have to take to get up into the towers? What about our transit network? So all of these organizations have been at the table. I think some of the new things we're going to see as we uh, look at the offices reopening, uh, staggered hours so we can spread out our workforces across uh, different times of transit. Um, Some organizations are looking at, um, there's a company in Toronto called Ritual. They work globally. They do takeout services. And what Ritual has set up in Sydney, Australia, is rather than having staff having to come down out of the towers in an elevator, which is another form of rush hour at lunchtime, you can instead order through the Ritual app and your takeout food from the food court will be delivered uh, to your office lobby. They set up a cubicle system there for drop-off food. So it saves the movement of people up and down the elevator. So a lot of uh, tools like that will be deployed. The other thing I would say, uh, quite frankly, I was interested in some uh, research that was just announced today about polling of people's views about how safe they feel about things. I was surprised, but not surprised, I guess, Public transit, there's still a lot of the public that's concerned about, is it safe? And so we need to be um, doing much more in the way of communications about what Metrolinx, what TTC has done to get ready. And these entities are very, very prepared to see a return to work happening and to see volumes increase. I was going to ask you about that because that seems to me to be one of the uh, big issues, uh, public transit and uh, the feeling of safety uh, moving forward and getting on a uh, crowded go train or a uh, subway car and whether or not people are really comfortable doing that. You mentioned off the top hearing our traffic reports and just how busy the roadways are. And if we're looking at a uh, major insurgence of uh, workers coming back downtown uh, in the fall, I mean, can the roadways handle that? Uh, Do we need to do something when it comes to a public education campaign or or something else when it comes to making people uh, feel safe, uh, once again, about public transit? Yeah, and I think uh, certainly the focus of a lot of the public-facing campaign we'll be doing uh, in an August timeframe is going to be very much at helping to clarify what's been done Uh, to keep folks safe. And so uh, there's a lot of work that will need to be done. I think you're absolutely right. I do think we're going to see increased congestion in the short term, uh, just as more people perhaps choose to uh, not not use public transit. But we really want to encourage people to be doing so as much as possible. I'm using TTC to get back and forth to my office. Volumes are starting to pick up, but it's definitely not like it was like uh, pre-COVID. 
Yeah, I just found that you mentioned half a million uh, workers in the downtown uh, core at its uh, peak before uh, COVID. Just how important is it to get even a fraction of that back or a substantial uh, portion of that back when it comes to all these other uh, businesses that uh, definitely depend on those uh, workers uh, spending some money in their lunch hour or after work? Well, that's the reason we brought this table together uh, with the mayor in October, because there's more than 2,500 small businesses. They employ about 10 employees each um, that support uh, or need that customer base. So it is important that we start to see the resumption. But those businesses will tell you it's also important that we stay open this time. So they don't have an expectation that it's 100% day one, um, even if it's a percentage of that, but that we have the safe mitigations in place so they can stay open, that we avoid another general lockdown, and that increasing numbers of employees can be coming back into the core. All right, Jan, really appreciate the time with us this afternoon, and thank you so much uh, for the update. Great. Thanks, Jeff. Talk soon. You bet. There's president of the Toronto Board of Trade, Jan Silva, with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.